Hello, welcome back to Latter-day Lesbian. Thank you. It's nice to be here with you today, Mary. <laughs> Are you my special guest? I am, yeah. Yeah, well, you're my special guest every week. Aww. People at this point are like throwing up. They're like <laughs> puking on their coffee. Right I know. Now. Sorry. We actually don't like each other. And <laughs> we just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> we stop recording. We just fight. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. That's why we can't do a video of this because of all the battle wounds. Mm. We have scars. I mean, you say that, but can we maybe like announce that there might be some future something? I'm not going to be, you Future know. something? That, yeah. That's nice and vague. A future something possibly including video. Some video that we're talking about, how to release and tossing make some this. ideas around. I can commit to future something. Okay. Okay, tagline, go. Oh, right, right, right. God. Again off track. This is like off twice topic. twice Again. that you've forgotten the tagline because you just were mumbling about Oh, I'm else. mumbling. <laughs> <laughs> Takes two to mumble, baby. Does it? Uh no. Because <laughs> <laughs> it actually doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm just really responsible for my own mouth at this um, point. Okay. Cool. Okay. The podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl trying to figure out her life. There it is. Better? Mm-hmm. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. All right then. Uh, do we want to talk about last week? We yeah, what did you do last week? Just a little week in review. Sure. Well, I spent a lot of time editing the podcast. You did. Listeners, uh, Mary is an amazing editor. Uh-huh. I don't, if, if you don't know... You have nothing to compare to, though, in all fairness. Well, I've heard some shit podcasts before. <laughs> oh, not any of your podcasts, if anybody has podcasts. Well, I, no, no, no. I think... Yeah, no, nothing we talk about. I think that our um, sound quality has gotten better as we go, as we learn, and Mary gets more and more anal about having really good sound. <laughs> really, though, you do, do a fantastic job. we have to bring my job. ass into it? Always. Okay. Um, you do an amazing job, and well, I don't we know. have bought better mics. We have. That has helped. Yes. We're trying to work on the sound absorption in our recording space. Yes. These cardboard boxes with duct tape <laughs> are really getting fancy. <laughs> I'm actually working on another sound barrier type uh-huh. of thing. Yeah, because these mics pick up a lot of residual sound. They do. You so, also draped a blanket over the window in the door, so great job. Yeah, I'm trying to absorb sound wherever possible. We really need sound absorption panels on all the walls, honestly. Yeah. If we're going to do this for real. One of these days. Yeah, one of these days when I can just like tack up absorption panels mm. in my spare time. Yeah, why I'll, not? When I'll you're not right editing 10 hours a week for the podcast. By the way, listeners, I had no idea about this, but it actually takes a lot of hours it to does. edit. I don't, I don't know the exact amount. I mean, I stop and start because I have well, And when a you're life. drunk, it usually takes you longer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, true. The answer is always yes in uh-huh. comedy. Okay. Yeah. okay. Sure, Shelly. <laughs> Every time I'm drunk and editing. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Anyway, back to last week. Go. You edited. What else did you do? But, okay. So you bought a dehydrator. You know, you buy these kitchen gadgets and then I end up using them. Because I'm not, I, I served my time in the kitchen. Uh, and you actually <laughs> oh, you enjoy think it. you're off the hook. I don't from think now, I'm off the hook. Forever, but, forever. but you enjoy it. I I do. I do like help in the kitchen. I, I I help. Yes, you do. And I bought us slash you a dehydrator. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. So that was really for me the entire time. Um, no, I thought I'd use it too, and then I just didn't, and you did. So it's great. Yeah, happy I, birthday. I kind of get a little crazy with the dehydrator. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know that I could dehydrate. And you bought me a book for Christmas on dehydration. Is that where we saw this? What? The yogurt? The yogurt that (laughs) I dehydrated. Did you know you can dehydrate yogurt right now? Mary is dehydrating yogurt. It's kind of amazing. It's like a crunchy little, well, yogurt snack. It's like if you spilled some milk. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it sat on the table and got crusty and hard, <laughs> and then sour. you got a spatula and peeled it off. Boom. You are really selling this mm-hmm, dehydrated mm-hmm, yogurts mm-hmm. product that I might market next. <laughs> you, you okay. If, if the podcast doesn't work, then let's do... <laughs> dehydrated yogurt chips. Yeah. They're actually really good. They are good. And you, or me, yeah. we should make some fruit compote to dip them in. Why are you against that idea, by the way? I keep bringing it up and you're like, Well, eh. the whole point of the dehydrated yogurt is to have like this portable, solid, crunchy snack. As soon as you're bringing fruit compote into the mix, it's basically like another squishy thing. Oh, okay. Got it. Could, Why don't we dehydrate the fruit compote then, too? Oh, well, you could. <laughs> eat them because, together. Yeah, you could make like a fruit roll-up kind of oh, thing. you could. You know what you could do? What? A layer of the yogurt. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. With a layer of the fruit compote, yep. dehydrate the whole thing, and now you have like yogurt berry chips. If I didn't wow. love you before, yeah. I'm so in love with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to do that right after this. Done. Mary also is a professional recycler. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing? That implies I'm getting paid money to recycle. Okay, then you're an amateur, but you work as hard as a professional. I just think that I don't want the beach to be underwater. I get it. I have property Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. Florida on the beach. I want to build our retirement house, Mm -hmm, honey, mm -hmm. and I don't want it to be underwater. I I feel like recycling, I'm sure it does nothing. It makes me feel better though. Well, good. Yeah. So I didn't recycle before we met. I know. And you still stayed with me. But here's the thing. It was... It was. <laughs> That's the thing that I, sh- I should have left you over. Not, <laughs> not, the, not, the, not the living and, and sleeping in the same bed with your husband. Not the I, seven kids. Can I kids. just... Sleeping... Okay. Yes. After Brent and I broke up, we did stay in the same house. We were trying to sell the house. And yes, we slept in the same bed. Mm-hmm. However, it was a huge California king size bed. There was no monkey business. We were already done with each other. <laughs> we I don't even know if we like watched TV in the bed anymore. It was like, I would go to bed. He'd go to bed later. There was nothing. So every time you were like, and you slept in the same bed as your husband. Okay, but reverse I get it. it. I know. I You're wouldn't love me. you. I get it. And I'm living with my ex sleeping in the same bed with her. How does that make you feel? Might have cut her throat. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay. Well, I never attempted to cut Brent's throat. That's true. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Just saying. It wasn't the most comfortable of situations. I know. We worked through it. How to get out of the situation. Yeah. But I love that you're like, oh, I didn't recycle and she didn't leave me over. (laughs) That's the thing (laughs) that you picked. That's the one thing. Yeah. But now you recycle begrudgingly. I'm not begrudgingly. I do find that if you're not home... Oh, confession time. It's confession time. If you're not home uh-huh. and I pull something out of the fridge and it's like like that nasty salmon dip that was all mold, Yeah, I believe that you probably would have rinsed it out and recycled it. And I was like, F that noise. I'm throwing it straight up in the trash. <laughs> it really depends for me. Yeah. If it's a really slimy, moldy thing, yeah, you're probably right. I'm not going to mess with it. Okay. So you did some late night binge eating of Maybe. a half sandwich Maybe. a few weeks ago. Okay. And then you took the plastic container that it came in that had a clear recycling symbol on it and put it in the bedroom trash. In my mind, uh-huh. when it was going to be time to actually take the bedroom trash out, I would have removed the plastic box out and put it in the recycle bin. Okay. Well, I didn't realize that you had plans to recycle it, so <laughs> I, um, I took care of it. You did a good job. You crushed it. Mm-hmm. Good work. Okay, we can stop talking about this Recycling. Now. Who's bored of the recycling conversation? Raise your <laughs> Raise hand. Your hand. <laughs> um, I want to talk about something really quickly that uh-huh. went on last week. I started at my new CrossFit gym. Yay. It's been mm-hmm. a while since I've been to the gym. I was at a previous gym Got that a I love. dramatic there. 
Well, yeah, the circumstances made it so that I needed to move gyms and I just started a new gym and I'm liking it. I'm very sore because that's the nature of working out, but I'm excited to get back in shape. Looking forward to it. Also, shout out to our friend Promise. Yeah, oh yeah. I promise. I promise from the uh, the Taco Bomba in Vienna. She makes the most amazing spicy margaritas. Like she does, incredible. Yeah, I don't even have that one. I have um, a pineapple margarita that's very delicious. Yeah. She does a good job on, I'm, I'm sure, all the drinks. Because I've had a horchata there, too. That's good, too. So anyone in the Vienna area, if you're going into Vienna Taco Bomba, ask for Promise. She is super fun. She's fun. She's engaging. Her drinks kick ass. She's yep. fantastic. Okay, then. I think that's it. Oh, no, one more thing I thought about, speaking of bars, is I was realizing as we were at a bar recently and hanging out and just making random conversations with strangers. A lot of times extroverts who go to restaurants alone mm-hmm. will just gravitate toward the bar because they are extroverts and they like talking to other people at the bar. Yeah, see, I never had that experience because by the time I turned 21 and could legally go into a bar, I was already trying to become the best Mormon that I could be. How'd and, that work out? Um, and so then I went to age 40 to where I finally realized I'm out of this. This is not for me. So I missed this prime opportunity to meet people at bars because you know what? You are taught that the spirit, so the Holy Ghost, whatever it is that whispers to you right from wrong, encourage you, you know, protects you, blah, blah. I know it's a little It nutty. sounds like you're hearing voices. Kind of, yes. Just saying. But the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you will not go into a bar with you. <laughs> I know you're laughing, and me saying it out loud, it's ridiculous. How'd you hear that? Listeners, if you were taught this, send us in some email. Even just like on this podcast where we post, be like, yep, heard it, was taught that. You will offend the Holy Ghost if you go into a bar or a strip joint or whatever it is. So I didn't I didn't go <laughs> to a bar. Any sort of house of ill repute. Yes. What about restaurants that have bars attached? No, that's okay because you're How's not going okay? there to... Well, apparently... You, no, no, no. When you're Mormon, people go to bars to get drunk and hook up. Like, that's oh, okay. just how it is. I, by the way, have never gone to a bar and gotten drunk and hooked up. Not saying there's anything wrong with it. That's not true. You and I kissed at a bar the very first time. That's true. But we were already dating. Yeah. Anyway, I, whatever. One, one night stands, not my Flozies. cup of tea, but nothing against it. I'm just saying you were taught as a Mormon that you don't go in there because the Holy Ghost can't go in there, and then you're kind of lost, and you're going to make bad decisions. So when I started going to bars as, as an adult, it's so much fun. I love bar flies. Well, like you're people, an extrovert. I am, and I like to talk, and I like to get to know people. And so to be able to go into a bar and be like, hey, you across the bar, I like your shirt, whatever, mm-hmm. it's fun. Generally speaking, people who go and sit around a bar and watch a football game or whatever and just drink, They're fun people. Mm -hmm. I've never gone to a bar and started a conversation with someone and have them kind of shut me down or be like, yeah, I don't want to talk or sort of turn away from me. They're always just like, oh, yeah, love the Patriots or, you know, whatever it is that I bring up. Actually, we went to a bar recently and you told the story of your mom thinking that God was backing the Eagles in the Super Bowl. You told that to this girl who was wearing all Patriots gear (laughs) because the Patriots (laughs) were playing. Uh That was fantastic. So, yeah, it was funny. Bar flies. Love yeah. barflies because they're people. At, she looked at me appropriately like your mom is crazy, which is the it's correct true. response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anywho, hey, we want to introduce a new segment Yes, called Pimp Your Pod. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> this is the segment where we talk about other people's podcasts and give them a little shout out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People could actually send us a little audio clip. I'd say no more than 30 seconds, but then potentially we could play the audio clip of the podcast right. that we were pimping. Right. Anyway, here it is. Pimp Your Pod.
So can I do this one? Yeah. So met this um, lovely girl on the internet. <laughs> I don't know. I think I sent her a Facebook friend request. And she actually replied with, uh, do I know you? It was kind of one of those very skeptical, not sure we want to talk. And I won her over very quickly. I don't really remember how I did it, but we were suddenly besties. And we've been talking back and forth. Realized that we both have podcasts and we both started podcasting at the same time. And so it's been fun talking with her back and forth about how the podcasting is going and viewer responses and, and things of that sort. Sorry. Responses. Listener responses. We're things not of that on sort. TV. Her name is Jessie Gurch and her husband, Skylar. And they are super mm-hmm. fun. Their podcast is called Sex, Money, Religion, Lifestyle. So hmm. for short, S M R L podcast. And it's basically a lot of talk about finding life after Mormonism, sex after Mormonism, which is fascinating. We haven't quite gotten there on our podcast yet, but we will. But they just kind of jump right in, which is great. They're they're fun. They're lively. And I would say, yeah, give them a listen. Yeah, and they're definitely not afraid to put it all out there. They are not afraid. Yeah. One of the episodes we were listening to the other day on the way to Taco Baba, actually, Jesse was comparing sex from her first marriage to what it's like to actually know your body and have sex when you are comfortable in your own skin and your partner's comfortable with like kind of your anatomy, et cetera. Big difference. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. They hold nothing back, so it's good to hear. No. No, no hold nothing. They really don't. So way to go, Jesse and Skylar. Don't they, hold back. They talk about all the parts. It's fantastic. So if you if you like parts discussions, this there is the podcast is. for you. <laughs> you actually, Shelly, you were calling it the masturbation podcast for a while. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. Okay, uh, Jesse. <laughs> just so you know, every time I'm like, oh, hey, Mary, I'm talking to... To Jesse, and she's like, who? Who again? I go, ah, the Masturbation Podcast. <laughs> oh, 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 that's right. So they're one of the podcasts in the very beginning. You just like flat out talk about masturbation. Not like gross and in-depth, but just the word it's is... It's not gross, Shelly. <sighs> this is still my Mormon upbringing. <laughs> I don't think it's gross. Just even the word, though, kind of feels... You're taught you're anything right. like that is supposed to repulse you. You're right. You're exactly right. And it yeah. shouldn't. And it, if I think about it, it really doesn't. But it's still hard for me to kind of say the word. Anyway, on this specific episode, there's a lot of talk about it, and I think I was telling you about it, Mary, and so now whenever I'm trying to talk about this podcast, I'm like, you know, you know, the masturbation podcast. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they talk about a lot more than just masturbation, they just do. so you know. And let's say the name of the podcast one more time. It please. is Sex, Money, Religion, Lifestyle, but short, and this is how you will look it up, is S-M-R-L podcast. Okay. All right, sense? so that was Pimp Your Pod. Pimp Your Pod. And I love those LDL singers. Aren't they talented? So moving on, I think this will always be the case. I, after every single podcast, the listener response, I'm overwhelmed by how many people can relate, by how many people are so thankful. Like, again, I was trying to do this sort of to help me and just talk about my stuff. And I feel very humbled and honored that I have this platform that I'm actually, I feel like I'm kind of making a difference. And the last episode, episode eight, we spoke about this whole thing with the guys wearing white shirts and ties and suits. And I had a little bit of a breakdown about how traumatic that was for me. And I think while we were recording, I was like, I know this sounds crazy, but some for some reason, this is a trigger for me is, is men in suits. Yeah. And I am shocked at how much feedback I got from people who had the same PTSD. But what blew my mind is that men have this PTSD. Because in my mind, it's like, 
white shirt and tie, that means you're above me, you know? So why would a man care that they had to wear white suit and tights? Like that puts them in authority. Yeah. You would think that would be some sort of badge of honor. Yeah. But wrong, total wrong sauce. It's, it's different. (laughs) I got a message from a friend, Stacy, we have never met, but we've chatted a few times online and she wanted to share with us her husband's experience with white shirts and ties, a sort of PTSD. So I think Mary, do you have that? Yeah. We got it right here. You mind reading that? Sure. And you call it men in suits. I call it failed men's warehouse joke. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bad timing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Here's the letter. So Stacy talks about going shopping with her husband a couple of weeks ago for work clothes. When I suggested he buy a new suit, it was like the roof was about to cave in. I personally like a man in a suit, though when I say suit, I'm not thinking oversized white shirt and tie. That's exactly what came to mind for him. He got super weird with me, refused to even look. He was adamant. No suit for him. I wasn't making the connection, and my annoyance was made very clear. Didn't get it. So he told me the suit was a trigger for him, reminded him of church, his mission. For him, it was the dark suit, oversized white shirt, because the garments had to go underneath it, which, Mm -hmm. again, we have got to talk about those crazy garments. We will. Okay. And, of course, tie. In the end, he tried on and purchased a very GQ blue Italian suit with a patterned and fitted shirt and tie. Looks nothing like the average Mormon would wear to church or anywhere else for that matter. The guy fitting him tried to tell him that he could also wear a white shirt with that suit. In unison, we both said, no white shirts. (laughs) Okay, we get the message, no white shirts with a suit. That's great. Something also that I thought of. When she sent that, she was also, you know, could you not use my husband's name? Which, again, it's like there's this shame there of yeah. not wanting people to know that I have this kind of PTSD about... Or I have any sort of issues sure. yeah. based on my past. Right. Yeah, but it was a brainwashing past. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Oh, what's with a white shirt? Why couldn't it have been any other color? Oh, my gosh. So when you go on on your mission... Mm-hmm. For men, it is a white shirt and tie. There's no option. You don't get to wear a cream or purple or whatever. It is a white shirt and tie. I don't hmm. know, to represent cleanliness? I don't know. Oh, Who knows? Okay. In church, there's not this rule of you can't come in without wearing a white shirt and tie. There's also not a rule of you can't pass the sacrament like the deacons, or you can't bless the sacrament unless you're in a white shirt and tie. There's not an actual rule. However, there is a cultural bias, I guess, saying that if a boy is passing the sacrament or whatever and he chooses to wear a purple shirt or a nice sweater, just something that's not a white shirt and tie, he's rebelling, he's being a sinner. I mean, I used to pick these kids out. I'd be like, oh my gosh, why are the Williamsons letting Sam wear a purple shirt to pass the sacrament? That's so disrespectful because that's how it was taught to me. Like you dress perfectly for the call. And a white shirt is judged. It's clean. It's clean. There are layers upon layers of judgment in the Mormon church. Oh, it's the whole thing is judgment. I just thought of an email that I received from actually a cousin of my husband. He was raised in the church, sort of, but his parents weren't super active at all. And so sometimes he would go stay the weekend with Brent's grandparents, who were very, very Mormon. And so this kid would have to go to church with them. And he told me he felt so ashamed to go to church because he didn't have his own set of scriptures. He didn't have like a nice white shirt and tie. And Mm -hmm. he had to borrow somebody's hand-me-down church clothes. And they looked down at him for it. He felt so out of it. So you can't be poor in the Mormon church? You have to come from money to be accepted? No one actually thinks of it that way in their head. But essentially, that's what it is. Yeah. I remember when Brent and I had left the church and we were going to that non-denominational Christian church. And I got my mom and dad to go with us one time. 
and my dad's takeaway from it was that you couldn't feel the spirit if you went to a church that didn't require nice clothing. And I'm like, Dad, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Like, why would God care what you wear to church? And his answer was, well, wouldn't you want to wear your best clothing to meet the king? What a dumb thing. By the way, Jesus? Yeah. Robes and sandals, bro. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the assumption for sure. That's the way he's portrayed. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, if you're if you're basing your Christianity on biblical references, like, that was Jesus. Well, he was for sure homeless. He does yeah. say that. We're only guessing that he didn't have a great wardrobe, you know? And he ripped on the people who dressed all fancy. So there's that. Also, we had someone send in a message about this white shirt and tie business. He's a grown adult at this point. He goes, I refuse. I will not wear a white shirt and tie. The tie seems too much like a noose to me at this point because I was so stuck. It's a good analogy. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's exactly how it is. Wow. Anyway, that was our listener feedback from last week. And thank you for sending that in because now I realize I'm not crazy. (laughs) Not crazy. I'm not the only one who has this PTSD in that form. Okay. So speaking of white shirts and ties... Uh, We wanted to talk about missions a little bit more today. Yep. The Christmas letter brought up something for you on the subject. Do you want to talk about that? Um, If you all remember in the Christmas letter, my dad made sure to point out his grandkids that had served missions. And it wasn't just so-and-so served this mission. It was so-and-so got called to serve as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In, in the, Italy or something. In the blah, 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 Italy, Milan, Italy mission. Like a big deal. And she really grew to love it. Exactly. Or something right. like that. My dad and I actually had a conversation about this yesterday, and we will podcast about that eventually. But I'm still... Not that I'm scared to talk about the relationship with my dad, but there's so much there that mm-hmm. I just am not ready to kind of kick it yet. I'm still... I keep waiting until I feel ready, and I'm not yet. It's coming, though. That's fine. Take your time, Shelly. The the funny thing was, though, is when I brought the mission thing up to my dad, he didn't have a response. There was nothing to be said. It's like he knew I was right, but he wasn't going to change, so whatever. Well, and your (laughs) point to bring it up was that, you know, you make a big deal about these grandkids of yours that are in missions because that's what's important to you. I get Mm -hmm. that. But you're not actually making a big deal about my kids who will never serve a mission. You're exactly right. And what I said, I said, I'm not trying to change that about you. I get that that, that's very important to you. I'm not trying to tell you what should and shouldn't be important to you. That's that's your choice. But I've had to tell my kids, you're just going to need to grow a thicker skin because that's how it's going to be with grandma and grandpa. And that sucks that I have to do that. I'm not so mad at my dad. I'm pissed at the church for that. Yeah. Because my dad is going on how he was raised. And I know that's an excuse. I get it. Like, I could go all over the place with being mad because why doesn't he wake up and see the damage he's doing? But he's just so in it that he can't comprehend that what he's doing is hurting others. Okay. So he's super righteous. Mm -hmm. And we all know what the root of that word is. Right. Mm-hmm. He can only be right that's, about yeah. every single thing. Absolutely. So when you say, my son felt hurt because you barely acknowledged him in the Christmas letter, mm-hmm. it doesn't even register somewhere. No. Like he can't even acknowledge Yeah, it. it's mind-boggling. Yeah. We do need to podcast soon about that conversation I had last night with my dad mm-hmm. while it's still a that's fresh a whole, and burning. That would be a long podcast because we've really got to talk about their visit <laughs> this past summer. Yeah. The letter you wrote as a result oh of the visit. Oh, my God, the letter. And how it took him months and months to respond and then... Conveniently like, forgot. Yeah, he like forgot everything about it. He yeah. forgot that he was dismissive on his visit. He forgot you wrote the letter. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, then why haven't you been calling me, Dad? You used to call me daily. I know. And now you stopped calling me. Is that a coincidence? Hmm. Huh. I figured, no, it's because I asked you not to until we could talk about how you've been treating me. So he obviously And he turned knows. it around into, well... 
I didn't call you because you don't answer the phone. I'm like, no, dad, it's because I asked you not to call me. Anyway, whatever, off topic, get a little heated. That's for a future podcast. It's coming. (laughs) Maybe we should do that next week. I think you're right. We keep teasing it and not actually doing that (sighs) podcast. Okay, stay tuned. Okay. I will take all the Xanax that I need to get through that recording. Can we get a refill just in case? Yeah, no, maybe. (laughs) So talking about missions again, my dad served a mission. Two of my three brothers served missions. Two of my sister-in-laws served missions. My mom served a mission. My dad was a mission president in Germany. My mom and dad were missionaries together in Vermont. So there's a lot of mission stuff there. My dad worked for the church office building in the missionary department for like 10 or 11 years after he retired from the military. And so missions, as far back as I can remember, have always been everything to him. Yeah, it's like his big life calling or something. Yes, exactly. And so this might not necessarily go in order, but it's just some thoughts that I've had over the last little while about the missions. My sister-in-law posted a picture on Facebook of her daughter who just got home from her mission, had a fantastic mission apparently. I love this niece of mine. She's a great girl. But the picture was her standing with my mom and dad on either side of her holding like some banner or something uh, like cloth plaque. I don't know if that's actually a thing, but it says, Welcome home, Sorella Johnson. Sister Johnson, I guess it's Italian for Sorella, sister, oh, whatever. Oh, because her mission was in Italy. Yes. Okay. So my, my parents... So they had this made. They this had this thing? made. That was the point of saying. They had this made. Wow. They're holding it, and they're all smiling. And I'm looking, and it's like, I've never seen my parents have that kind of look of being proud of my kids. Yeah. And they never will. Because hmm. my kids are not going to go on missions. They are right. not going to get married in the temple. They are not going to be Mormons. They're just a big, fat disappointment. They're a big, fat disappointment. And I tried to explain this to my dad last night, and he just didn't have a response. He can't, it's like he, he can't understand it. And I don't, I don't get that. Does I mean, not compute. Exactly. Like, yeah, you're telling him stuff. He sees your lips moving. Yeah. But he's it, not comprehending anything you're no, saying. No, nothing at all. Because I'm on speakerphone for a lot of that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, Mary, and you got to hear this. Like, wow, help, help me understand what to say. happening? Exactly. So the reason that I bring that up, I get that missionary work is the most important thing to my dad. And because it is, my kids are going to suffer because the way he will not be able to be as proud of them as all the other grandkids. And I think that sucks. And I can't change that about him. It just is what it is. And what's weird to me is that obvious favoritism yeah. on your dad's part for sure is not very charitable and not very Christian-like in mm, my opinion. No, not at all. I mean, I'm not a super like Jesus person, yeah. but I feel like that is so obviously not a very Christian quality. Right. No, of course not. Correct me if I'm wrong. People who are like Bible-thumping Christians, whatever you want to call it, am I missing something Right. Is this okay behavior? Like what? Yeah. Um, So back to missions. So there's that. My dad will be more proud of his mission-serving kids than any of his other kids, guaranteed. Also, I remember having a pretty deep conversation with my mom maybe a year or two ago and trying to talk to her about my feelings being raised in the church and how that was hurt. And she suddenly was like, you don't know how hard it was for me. Yeah, she's still doing that. Oh, yeah, it's her MO. When David wasn't going to serve a mission, it's my oldest brother, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. My world crumbled. What was everyone going to think? How would we explain this to people? There you go. And it's like, no, shit, David made a good decision. David wasn't even going to church at the time. He was already rebelling, according to Mormon standards. Right. This kid who's not going to church anymore, his partying and being out with his friends all night, you're still like, if we can just get him on a mission, 
then everything's okay. Well, and the part to take away from that entire dialogue is what will my friends think? Exactly. It's not about will David feel guilted into going on a mission and have a miserable time? Will David actually feel happier How about not that? going on a mission? How about that? Is my son actually happy? Exactly. How about that? Not what will my friends think? Exactly. What will the other people of the church think? No. No, it's what's best for my kid is kind of never at the forefront, ever, Right. by the way, ever. At least it wasn't in my experience. I was sharing that story with my good friend, Diana. I've talked about it before. She and I were the ones who were drinking and decided to go ahead and submit our resignations together on the same day. The best decisions are made under the influence. 100%. 100%. And Diana (laughs) and I will be forever united in our decision to resign from the church on the same day. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we were talking this morning, and I was telling her about some of the things that we were going to podcast about today, and she's like, oh my God, I've got to tell you about what my mom said. All right. Yeah. I'm like, cool, go for it. So she's the only one in her immediate family who's left the church. All of her sisters and brothers and mom and dad are still very, very Mormon. And she's one of seven kids. She's one of seven. Yeah. She's the youngest. Mm. And there's like a, a family group chat. And she got on that chat and one of her older sisters was concerned because she found out that her son, who was 15, I think, was caught vaping on the school bus. Oh, dear. Which, come on, kids, could you please vape behind the trailers like normal kids? Like, don't do it on the bus. <laughs> which is kind of a typical thing for teenagers to it's do. It's the latest thing, baby. It's the latest thing. So Diana's mom's response, and I'm going to go ahead and read it because Diana sent it to me. She said, there are about 12 of my grandsons who are in the age range where they all need to be locked up until they are 18. And after that, they will only be released with their mission call in hand and their bags packed. Wow. What a lame. Yeah. Sorry, Diana's mom. What a lame thing to say on so many levels. First, thinking that the best thing for a child is to put them in a bubble. Mm-hmm. And then when they're of age, according to God, you send them off somewhere and the mission will somehow make them obedient. Yeah, they're going to fix everything, those missions. What what is that? Second thing, which is going to be the most hurtful thing, Diana's mom, you will have grandkids, not just Diana's kids, but surely others. Chances are you will have other grandkids that decide to not serve missions. Mm -hmm. How is this now making them feel? When they see that your view is that a mission is the only way to be okay with God. Like, keep them away from drugs and all this stuff. Lock them up and then send them on missions, and then they're going to be great. What about your grandkids who are not going to go on missions? Can you see how it might make them feel a little bit shitty? I don't think they care, Shelly. It doesn't register, because here's another thing. My dad, my dad is not like a mean person in his heart. He really is not a mean person, but he does things that are so cruel Mm -hmm. because he doesn't get it. And here's another incident. Well, he can't waver on his values. He can't. My mother is in the same boat, not Mormonism, but in the same boat. She would rather stick to her values no matter what the cost. Mm -hmm. It could cost her relationships with all of her children. Mm -hmm. And it kind of has. Yeah. But she's going to stick to those values no matter what. She's right. Yep. She puts the right in righteous. That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So I said before, my oldest brother did not serve a mission. He was rebellious at the time and what have you. And my mom, of course, was heartbroken and ashamed that he didn't serve a mission. And all three of my brothers and their wives and myself and my husband, we were all in the temple at the same time. It was like a family reunion. We were all going to do an endowment session. Yes, I will go into eventually what all the temple stuff is yeah, for I mean, all yeah, of you. Yeah, you just lost me. Uh, yes, Janice in Texas. I will talk about what goes on in the temple for you. I know you have a billion questions. Yeah, I do too, actually. Yeah, it's it's whack-a-mole. It really is. You played that one video for me, and I'm like, who is ta- are we at Disney? Who is that? What's that voice? <laughs> oh What's that God. pre-recorded voice? Mom and Dad, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, but in case 
you are. Please do not be offended. I'm not going to hell because I talk about like the weird wacky temple secrets. It's okay. Oh, so you're worried about that. I'm not worried about it. I know I'm not going to hell because I'm revealing the names of signs There's and tokens. There's so many other reasons you're going to I hell, know. Lesbian. Boom. First reason. Straight to hell. Drinking. Drinking coffee, which is another mm. thing we got to talk about. Yeah, we'll get there. That is Can the I- wackiest thing. Yet another reason to think that Mormonism is completely fake. I'm Whoa. starting to think it's you fake. Think it's fake? <laughs> yeah. Can I back up and finish my story? We're writing this down. By the way, there we go. Tangents, yep. new episodes. Yep. We just created a bunch of new episodes. There you heads. go. You're welcome, Thank listeners? you. No. Yes. <laughs> I mean, well, listeners, you're welcome. Yeah. So me, my brothers, their wives, my husband, my mom and dad, all in the temple. I think we just finished our session, and my dad runs into this friend of his that he hasn't seen in years, right? Like, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. So good to see you. Let me introduce you to my family. So he goes around the circle of the family. David, Mike, and Mark are my brothers. David's the oldest. Mike is the second oldest. Mark is the youngest. Three years later, I was born. So he starts somehow with Mark, just how we were standing in the circle, and was like, oh, this is my son, Mark. He served his mission in uh, Bangkok, Thailand, and his wife, Heidi, served her mission in Austria. And this is my son, Mike, and he served his mission in Germany, and his wife served also in Germany. You know, just really building up how great this is. Mm -hmm. And he's two kids in, and I'm thinking... Oh, God. <laughs> David's at the end of the line here of the kids he's introducing. David did not serve a mission. Neither did you. Yeah, but there's not this thing about girls. Like, it's okay for a girl to not serve a mission. That's fine. Girls actually, yeah, their girls mis- are dismissed all the time. So You're why, supposed to get married. Yeah, yeah, there's no expectation no. for them so to do I, that. So I didn't care that he wasn't going to introduce me as having not served a mission, because who cares, right? Like, girls aren't. You're just a girl, Shelley. I'm just a girl. And technically, mm-hmm. your higher calling as a girl is to get married. So, mm-hmm. great. My dad introduced my husband and his mission in California, whatever. And really, I'm watching this go down. And at that time, my oldest brother and I still didn't get along very well. And I was, like, already heartbroken for him knowing what was about to happen mm-hmm. and he got to my brother david and was like oh and this is my son david boom wow it's like dad you just introduced everybody here all mm-hmm. the boys anyway mm-hmm. by what missions they served mm-hmm. not even thinking for two seconds you have one of these kids who didn't serve a mission and you were about to hurt the shit out of him didn't even cross his mind. No, I don't even know if he thought about it after the fact. I should probably ask him. So He won't remember. Selective memory. Uh, you're right. So going back to my dad is a nice person, but he does cruel shit because he's a Mormon. Right. Because he's brainwashed, because his standards are Mormonism, and anything else, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. He feels entitled. Yeah. To say whatever shitty thing comes out of his mouth. Well, he doesn't think it's shitty. That's the thing. He would never... If I explain to him, Dad, if you say this about this kid, this about this kid, and then this about this other kid, it's going to hurt. He would be like, well, I would never I would never want to hurt your kid. Then don't say it, Dad. Well, he says crappy things about Democrats all the time. He must think that God is a Republican. Oh, of course God's a Republican in my dad's mind. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's, he's allowed to say whatever dismissive or crappy thing comes to his brain because he feels entitled to do so. He feels it like— It sucks that he will hurt his children so easily and not even recognize it. Yeah. And not—even when you explain it to him, he doesn't change the behavior. You know, like for me, if you're going to apologize, I completely accept your apology, but damn it, you better start changing the behavior or the apology is worth nothing the 13th time you've apologized for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I say a- that same thing, Shelly. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Huh, wonder where you got that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, my dad is a nice person, but when it comes to Mormonism things, it goes away. It just, poof, it's gone. Like, right. It's bizarre to me. I felt so bad for my brother, David. Did you ever talk to him about that? I don't think I did. We weren't really, like, tight yeah. then. We, we've had definitely a tumultuous growing up. My oldest brother and I, we're good now. But I remember just being like, oof, oh, it's got to mm-hmm. hurt. 
another situation with my dad concerning missions. So my dad was a mission president in Leipzig, Germany, which, by the way, I wish I could find a picture of this plaque, and if I can, I'll post it. Right. There's actually a plaque on their wall in their house that says, many thanks to President Johnson and his wife, Dixie B. Johnson. Like, mm-hmm. there's no title for the woman. You are the wife. You are the support. Well, that's, that's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. It just freaking sucks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I was talking about that, but it's just we're t- kind of talking about missions. After my second year of college, mm-hmm. they were out in Germany, and I hadn't seen them in a year and a half probably at that point. And so I went out to visit them, and this was a time in my life where I was kind of transforming myself into being a good Mormon girl. Yeah. So I got out there, and this was my first time being around my dad in a place in my life where I thought he would be proud of me because I was going to church. I had a return missionary boyfriend who I ended up marrying. I was doing all the right things, so I was very excited to finally get his Approval. approval of me. I couldn't wait for this moment. What I wasn't expecting when I was out visiting my parents was to see my mom suffering so much. Um, what was happening? She was depressed. Okay. It's very hard for her. I'm not sure she actually wanted to go on this mission. I think it was like, well, dad's being called to go, so mom's going. My mom needs her family. She's a very family-oriented person. Mm-hmm. When you go on a mission, you don't just get to go home and visit your family. Like yeah. You're stuck. And they were in Germany. My mom having to wear the pantyhose, I think I talked about this before, and getting all these skin infections, uh. but that was the rule. You wear pantyhose as the mission president's wife. Were they nude pantyhose? <laughs> <laughs> probably. They probably were. <laughs> that's why. They were racist damn pantyhose. That's it. That's, that's what started it the out. whole thing. I know. So... Being a mission president, my dad was in charge of all the missionaries, and so there were things called zone conferences where all the missionaries get together. I don't know, maybe a couple hundred, and my dad will speak to them. And at the time that I was out there visiting my dad, I really looked up to him, and I wanted spiritual answers from him. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling because I was in this serious relationship with Brent, my ex-husband now, and I was struggling with this doctrine of polygamy, which is in heaven, the man gets to have a bunch of wives the women don't get a bunch of husbands. The men get a bunch of wives and the women have babies. And some people do that here on earth It's too, true. You're Cody exactly Brown. right. So I was very uncomfortable with that as I was realizing I, I might be getting married soon and, you know, this is where I'm headed for eternity. And it was hurtful. It was a very, it's a very hurtful doctrine to probably all women if you actually right. analyze it within sure. yourself. Because as we've pointed out, the women don't get to hook up. No. One-sided. But I was talking to him and I said, I had mentioned like that, I don't really understand polygamy. It's kind of hurtful. And he was like, well, there's things we don't need to understand at this Mm -hmm. point and blah, 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 like your typical brush it off comment. And I think my dad struggles with this. I was trying to get him to feel what I was feeling. Right. He's not. He doesn't. He can't. I realized he doesn't have empathy. Yeah. And I was trying to get him to feel my pain. And I said, dad. He could be a narcissist, Shelly. You're probably right. Yeah. I was emotional. And I said, dad, imagine if. When you die, you go to heaven and mom has a bunch of husbands and you. And you're just one of these husbands and right. mom. Yeah. How would that make you feel? And he said, well, that's just not how it is. Like, like just kind of dismissed it. And right. this still bothered me, of course, because it's a screwed up doctrine. Yeah. And then that next day, there was Zone Conference, which is, again, where my dad goes and speaks to, like, all of the, the missionaries who are 19, 20, 21-year-old boys which were my age, by the way. So imagine mm-hmm. me as a girl about the age of these boys. Yeah. The whole girl and boy vibe anyway is a little bit a little weird, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and I didn't realize it, but the zone conference, my, my dad had asked previously for anyone who has questions about Mormon doctrine or, or anything, like send them into him and he's going to read them and answer them. This ought to be good. Mm, always is. And so sitting in the zone conference, I'm in the very back because I have someone helping to translate. My German wasn't, it was decent, but not good enough to really get everything. Sitting in the back and my dad goes through his reading questions, um, you know, like, how can I receive revelation, blah, 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 just crap like that. And then he gets almost to the end and he's like, okay, well, one more question. I have a question from my daughter. Mm. And of course, by now, everyone knows who I am because I've been there for a few weeks. Yeah. And so everyone kind of turns around and looks and I'm like, I'm sure my face was like, what? Are we, what? I didn't send a question yeah. in. And he goes, my sweet daughter, Shelly, wants to know, is there reverse polygamy in heaven? Ugh. Everybody laughs. Uh, I want to crawl under my chair. Yeah. I'm so hurt because, A, that's not the question that I asked. Right. I was trying to get my dad to understand my hurt by saying, what would it be like for you, dad? Also, even if that were your question, it's a good question. Why isn't there? Well, you're right. It is a good question. It is. But the fact that... And they made fun of it. Uh, of course he did, because this was the attitude was like, oh, silly girl, you and your silly questions. Right. Of and course there's not reverse polygamy. Like, uh, why would there be? I'm a man. Yeah, you know? God's a man, clearly. So he didn't even address the question. Right. Which, that was not my question no, you asked at all. him a hypothetical question. I asked him how to make you feel, Dad. I'm struggling with this. Yeah. Can you picture how it would feel? Right. So he says that I asked this question, which everyone laughs. Mm. My dad doesn't even try to answer this question that I never asked. Because he, he's just making a joke yeah, at your Yeah, he just is like, ha, 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 moving on. Yeah. And he said, no, there's not reverse polygamy in heaven, and moved on to the next one. Yeah, because God is a misogynistic douchebag, just mm, like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was humiliated. I yeah, was of course hurt. you were. Why didn't you storm out of the room? Did you stay? Of course I stayed. Ugh, Shelly. Of course I stayed while people kept turning around to look and see, like, where's Shelly sitting? Did you have an impulse to leave? Uh, Impulse was to cry. Okay. Didn't cry. Kept it together. I just had to act like everything was fine. That's always been my go-to. Just act like it's fine. Wow. Because you don't cry in front of people unless there's a really bad men's warehouse joke. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll never live that down. Never. Uh, Yeah, it just... Freaking sucked. Wow. And so you had is, to sit there. You felt like you had to sit there. Oh, with, I'm not about to make a scene. Are you kidding me? No, you don't just storm out of zone conference because then you look even stupider. I don't know. Did you? you be, then you're an emotional woman who can't handle. You could have waited the a minute for the attention to be back on your dad and just quietly gone up. Maybe you had to use the restroom. I could have had I been a different person. Right. Um, but no. Did you confront your father afterwards about it? No. You know what? I. Did like a couple years ago. Yeah. And he didn't remember it. Of course not. Of course not. He never remembers being an asshole. No. And so, yeah, that that sucked. Oof. Well, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Thank you, baby. I know that it's still so fresh, sure. almost like it happened last week, that it's still really hurtful to you. Telling the story, yeah, I felt it again. Like I was getting a little, a little I upset. know. Yeah. But I remember another story you told me about a missionary that your father had probably mentored at one time, and then he came back for a visit? Oh, God, yes. So this one was when I was there visiting in Germany? my parents. In Germany visiting. I think I was there for six or eight weeks. It was quite, a, quite an, a lengthy stay. And there was an elder there. It's like the man missionary, an elder there, and he was serving his mission. And he was close to the end of his mission. Then he was done with his two years, and then he went home. He, but he was from Germany. Okay. He went back home, and then a few weeks later, he came back to visit some of the families he had taught and visit my parents because he had looked up to them. 
And he came back and he had gotten one of his ears pierced. And my <laughs> dad was like, get that out of your ear. Wow. What are you doing? Really? Yeah, just shamed him for his earring, even though it's like, Dad, he's maybe 21. Uh-huh. He's a kid, and he's coming back to visit and say hi and, and see people that he talked to on his mission, and you're shaming him because of an earring. Because God doesn't like earrings right. on men. You probably made him feel like shit. When someone that you look up to with like your whole heart, when they shame you, yeah, for that sure. shit hurts. Oh, that kid's probably still thinking about that. Probably did, is. Did he take his earring out? I don't know. Like, he left the next day, and I, I have no idea whatever became I of hope him. he didn't take that damn earring out. I hope not, too. Get I both don't, ears pierced. Yeah. Get and, double piercings. Get them all pierced. Get everything pierced. No, I, I, I feel you. Ugh, that irritates me. That really makes me mad. Yeah. God, Shelly, your stories. I know they, they're upsetting. They get me really upset. <laughs> I want to punch something. Well. They're so frustrating. They are. They are. Uh, and putting them all together in these clumps of one-hour podcasting sessions that we do, it really it concentrates it. And 45 minutes or so after editing. After editing, because you're an amazing editor. <laughs> but I really do have a hard time after we podcast of just like coming down from it because it's hard digging it up. But oh, I, for I, sure. But and people who don't understand this will say, well, then why are you digging it up? Just let it go. Oh. You don't understand. That, yeah. that is not helping me. I've been no. letting it go for 44 years. You've been burying it is yeah. what you've been doing. And if I were not bringing it up and talking about it, I wouldn't be giving others perhaps the motivation to talk about their own hurt and try to find yeah. feeling. You've been healing. like a dormant volcano that just explodes from time to time mm-hmm. versus just having a steady lava flow, which yeah. is much healthier. And you can build uh, tropical islands out of the lava mm, flow. So I, I think that, that lots, of, lots of life springs forth. Are we lava? Yeah. So anyway, I'm glad you are a steady lava flow now and Thank not you. an explosive volcano. I need a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a steady lava flow. I'm a steady, I don't know that's mm, the best t-shirt. No. <laughs> Listeners, can huh. we come up with a better it's Vaguely idea. sexual or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Masturbation Podcast oh, can God. use that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be like, great. Uh-huh. Thanks uh-huh. for the plug. Thanks for nothing. You're welcome, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mary. Hey, Shelly. I think it's probably time for you to tell our listeners how to get a hold of us. Okay, good idea. Well, there's a contact page at our website at latterdaylesbian.org. That's Mm -hmm. one way. I like it. Or you can get us on Facebook. Just look up Latterday Lesbian Podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you can private message us there. Yep. We have somebody leave a voicemail. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Twitter. Still figuring out the twits. It's at Latterday Les. Twits. (laughs) Is that not a thing? (laughs) Also, we're on Instagram. Yes. What's Is that the same... Just, I don't know, look up Latter-day Lesbian. You don't even know. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm trying. <laughs> Who's you? the twit now, Shelly? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listeners, you find all the ways to get a hold of us, and you tell us. That's a good idea. Okay. Oh, and then you can always email us directly, contact at latterdaylesbian.org. Okay. Not to be confused with our website. Nope. Similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's going to do it. Oh, and... uh Share with your friends if you Share don't mind. Share with your friends. You can rate and review us. That'd be fantastic. I love that. Thank you. Honestly, it's pretty encouraging for me to see, oh my gosh, people care. And that gets us I know you get a lot of more. validation that way. You know what? I didn't get validation <laughs> shit as a kid. So maybe this is for me what my heart needs right now. I think it might be. Maybe so. Oh, huh. well, thank you, everybody, for yeah. helping yeah, Shelly's heart. Aww. Sweet. I love the listeners. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> So those are the ways that you can contact us, and we look forward to hearing from you. Yes, we do. Until then. Back to the show. Um, You see missionaries around this area, too, which seems kind of silly to me. I don't know. So 
<laughs> we live in, in Vienna, Virginia. Right. Which is... True story. True story. It's kind of like an upper class white people area. It really is. A lot of government stuff. And really anywhere in Northern Virginia. You're right. That not just way. where we're at. Just right. kind of a thing. So when I was still going to church, they would send out signups saying, will you host the missionaries in your area to come over and let them share a message with you? And in my mind, I'm like, why? I'm already a Mormon. Like, what What the heck? Hmm. And then in talking to these missionaries, they have nothing to do. Because really? almost no one in Northern Virginia wants to hear about Mormonism. Hmm. They don't care. There's too much online you can read at this point and be like, oh, that's some crazy shit. No, right. thank you. And so here's all these able-bodied 19, 20-21-year-old 20, boys with nothing to do, knocking on doors in the middle of the day, and everyone here basically is a dual-income family. No one's home. They just have nothing to do. Because of the furlough, they should do it now with the partial oh, government shutdown. There'd be yeah. a lot of people home. Just well, they saying. still aren't going to listen to them. No. So they kept looking for service opportunities because they were supposed to do like a few hours of service every week. And so back when we were Mormon, Brent and I lived on like five acres. We had horses and there were some things. And so they would always call me, can we do anything? Sure, you want to like, come scoop manure, have at it. Okay. So the, the Mormon teaching is that God specifically chooses the person for the mission and where they go on the mission. So these kids who are serving in Vienna, Virginia, God sent them here for a reason. And I'm like, hey, God, why don't you instead send these hundreds of able-bodied 19, 20-year-old boys to Mm -hmm. like Somalia, Kenya, somewhere South America where people are starving to death, don't have running water, don't have schools, and instead of trying to get them to commit to a church that will then take 10% of their income forever, mm-hmm. why don't you go on your mission and build a well? Sure. Why do you build a school? Yeah. Or just like something better than knocking on doors in one of the highest income areas. Because if they can get that person who's making lots more than six figures to mm-hmm. tithe 10%, mm. that's a way better outcome You're of You're right. Mission. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe it's all about the numbers. It's, well, we'll put a concentration of people in these richer areas. Someone's going to pop up and get baptized uh-huh. and we'll get their money. Whereas in South America and whatever, no one's got any money. So who cares? Who cares about the poor people? I hate that about it. Even before we left the church, I had a problem in my mind about it. And And I was like, I hope that our kids get called on missions to third world countries. Thankfully, they won't go on missions now because you're welcome, kids. I got out of the cult. But even when I was a believer, that bothered me. And now that I'm not a believer, it's infuriating at the waste of resources, the waste of time, these kids being sent to rich white America. Yeah, no, I hear you. And I am super cynical about Mormonism and the point of Mormonism. Mm -hmm. So if people are listening and they have a different experience about either their mission or somebody's mission that they know, like, let us know. I would love that. And I know there's people who have left the church at this point, but still have fond memories of their mission. Mm -hmm. However, anyone who I've heard say that they have a fond memory of their mission, they were in a poor country. Oh, nice. They were in a poor country and they were doing what they could to help poor people. Yeah. Of course you would grow from that, but going to the Washington, D.C. area... Yeah. What's the point of that? What's the point? I don't know. I know. But I guess ultimately the point is to make more Mormons. Yeah. So there is that. I have one more story about that. I know I keep talking about missions, but this This is... This is mission podcast. Yeah. All of you haters out there who are like, stay on topic. Guess what? We're staying on topic. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any really haters? There was like two. I'm sure they still listen. Do you see how funny this is? Is it? We're talking about how we're staying on topic for the listeners that want us to stay on topic, yet we're going off topic from what our topic is. (laughs) Talking about about staying on topic. (laughs) Wow. I feel like I'm in the... John Malkovich movie suddenly. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Uh, okay, you haven't one seen more. that movie? No. Which was it rated R in the 90s? Prob- I don't yeah, know. I couldn't. Probably. I wasn't allowed. So Okay. Okay, so one more story. 
when my mom and dad served their mission in Vermont, it was at the Joseph Smith Birthplace Memorial. Which, of course it was. Of course it was, which, by the way, is in the middle of nowhere. Why is it in Vermont? Oh, he was born in born. Vermont. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Middle of nowhere, Vermont. And when they were there, I was still a believer, still very Mormon. I had just had a baby, and the Mormon culture is you give your baby a name and a blessing. And we were going to have the baby blessed in church. And I want to say this was like my mom's 16th, maybe 17th grandbaby, so a lot. <laughs> and she had been to every single one. And if you know my mom, like her grandkids are her world. She loves the babies. If she could, she would spend her entire life holding a baby and rocking it. Wow. She loves that. And so I'd had this baby. She had not met the baby yet because they were in Vermont. And we were going to bless the baby. And you were in Utah. And I, this time. No, no, no. Yeah. I was I was here. I was oh. here in, in, in Virginia. So it's okay. like a one hour flight. Gotcha. Right? And so I called my mom in Vermont and I'm like, hey, we're going to bless the baby on such and such a date. Do you and dad need to stay with us? Whatever. And she's like, oh, I'm so excited. Let me call you back. So she called me back and says, well, you know, your dad can't really leave the mission, which I'm sorry. I'm calling bullshit on that. You're in the middle of nowhere. The Joseph Smith Birthplace Memorial, which is like this little building that shows videos. Hmm. You could easily have one of like the missionary couples watch the place for a half a day so you could come down. But my dad was so full of needing to run everything and be right. right. And the better choice is to serve God than to go to his baby's well, blessing. Well, he looked really important doing that. Exactly. For sure. In his mind. He in was his mind, important. that was what God needed him to do. Mm-hmm. And so my mom said that my dad wouldn't be attending. And so, of course, I was a little irritated, but didn't say anything because I don't like to pit Why my parents. Why couldn't she have just come? Well, that's what I said. I said, okay, well, no big deal. Can't you just grab a flight? And she's like, yeah, well, yes, we'll look at flights and see what the best time is. And so she called me back maybe the next day and she said, well, you know, our mission president, which wasn't my dad, it was the guy above them, said he doesn't really like the missionary couples to be split up at all during the mission. So I'm I'm gonna need to stay here with your dad. And I and of course I was hurt. Mm -hmm. And I said, Mom, you can actually catch a flight like at 9 a.m. Uh-huh. Get here at 1030. We'll bless the baby at like one. Mm-hmm. You could get back on a plane, get back home, back right. to Vermont. There was nothing so vital that she couldn't come down for. Uh-huh. And she was crying. This was the first baby blessing she was going to miss. And it hurt her. She loves her grandbabies. But even through all her pain, she was not going to tell my dad, hey, Terry, I'm just going to go. Yeah. Because what are they going to do? Like send her home? Well, sorry, Sister Johnson. If you're going to break the mission rules, you're going home. Of course they wouldn't. Like no one wants to be in that damn mission anyway. Nothing's going on there. (laughs) But she wasn't going to break the mission rules because of my dad and because of the man above her. And how would it look? And how would it look? Yeah. Exactly. How would it look if my wife's not by my side? Mm -hmm. That's exactly my dad's attitude. How will it look if my wife, who's supposed to be supportive of me, is not here? That's, oh my God, I'm glad you said that. That is my dad's attitude about my mom and I hate it. Yeah. Um, well, it's, and it's her attitude, too. Well, she accepts it, and she won't stand up to it. And I didn't complain much to her about her choice because it, it doesn't do any good. It's just going to make her feel worse and then pit her and my dad against each other and make it more difficult for her. But that mission that they served in Vermont, my mom was very depressed. Mm. And she missed her kids. She missed her grandkids because at this time we were all having grandbabies left and right. I mean, they, yeah. were, they were just coming out of, of every vagina. Not every, or, every orifice because <laughs> you do birth them out of your vagina. Um, so she was very depressed. She had a horrible time on her mission because she missed her family and my dad couldn't see it or wouldn't see it. And their president over them didn't care, would not allow her, in quotations, to come down for one day Mm. to meet her new granddaughter 
Right. And be there for the baby blessing, which, by the way, it's not like it's not she was asking permission to like go to some strip club. She was asking permission (laughs) to come do it like a church thing, an actual Mormon ordinance thing. But still, no, you can't be away from your husband. Wow. Yes. So missions. I'm I'm flipping off right now. Are you? I am because I think they're horrible. Yeah. At least the ones that I have had experience with and seeing what my mom went through and my brother yeah. who didn't go and they're just so it's been very so hurtful. Damaging to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you and certain members of your family, mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. And for some reason my dad just my dad can't he can't see it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you explain it to him, he cannot see it. Yeah. Speaking of my dad, so I think I spoke earlier I did about my dad and I talked on the phone yesterday. And I was trying to somehow make him understand a better way to talk with me so that we can know each other better and actually have a mutual respect and some kind of a relationship. He just spends most of your conversations just talking about himself. About himself and what he's doing and then asking about my kids and saying weird things like, I'm so glad you're taking care of your kids. As if I wouldn't. As if suddenly because we're divorcing, That's I'm like, he, not, he does think that. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that yet. That's and That's for another podcast. That's for another episode of yes. Latter-day Lesbian. And so I was just saying, like, you don't know me. You know, you don't want to know about anything I do. And it got kind of silent. And I said, well, here's one. Let's try this. Wednesday, I'm super pumped because I am going to get a new tattoo. Of course, <laughs> like silence on the other end of the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he said, why would you want to do that? Yeah. He said, well, oh, that's, that was his one. Why would you want to <laughs> yeah, do that? Yeah. And I said, well, I, I think they're great and they're beautiful. They have like meaning and significance. And his next comment was, well, how are you going to afford it? Yeah, how are you going to pay for that, Shelly? Yeah. How are you going to pay for that, Shelly? And what I said, sixteen, and you have like a paper route. <laughs> I know. So, so I said, <laughs> I, oh god, I said, Dad, let's back this up for a second. Let me help you out here because you're not getting it. Yeah, I just got done telling you that I'm going to put something on my body that is permanent. It will be there forever. <laughs> so it probably means something to me, right? And instead of asking me, well, what are you getting? Or what do you like about it? What's the significance? What made you want to do this? Instead, mm-hmm. you said, well, how, how are you going to pay for it? How are you going to pay for it? Which I could understand if he gave you money every month for rent or something. No, he doesn't give me money. I don't no, want his money. that would be the only way he might be entitled to ask that question. But otherwise, it's like, it's my money, dude. Absolutely. And the point is that because he thinks getting a tattoo is a sin, He's not going to show any interest no, in it. No, he's not. Not at all. And in fact, he just has to point out something that is, I guess, perceived negative. They do cost money. Well, yeah, no one gives free tattoos. And if they do, they probably suck. <laughs> uh, don't get a free tattoo. Don't get a free tattoo. Don't do and it. And so I said, Dad, here are some options of things that you could ask. You could say, what are you planning on getting? Right. Does it hurt? I've never had a tattoo before. Sure. What gives you the idea? How big is it going to be? Like there's What does so, it mean to you? Yes. What does it mean to you? How long did you think about this? There yeah. are so many options of things to say when someone says, I'm getting a tattoo. And how are you going to pay for this is not a great option. No. We'll have to put that picture up of your tattoo when you get it. It's going to be badass. Yeah. That's what we'll do. And we'll have a whole other, if we want to talk about tattoos and, and what we have and, and the meaning behind them, we'll do that in another oh, okay. podcast. Yeah, I, I think like, that'd I be like that. kind of fun. You had none when we met, by the way. That's true. You were like a virgin lesbian, but not not really. Really? You didn't have any tattoos. Okay. And I at least had one, two, three. I had three when we met. Little tiny Little ones. ones. No, I had the coffee mug. Well, the coffee mug is very significant. I love that we, one. Okay, so we've got to talk about coffee and Mormonism. Oh, my gosh. Maybe Do we need to week? hire someone to like jot down notes? And so well, we can, you have a pad of paper right I there. I can't even read my writing. I just well, that is true. Your writing is horrible. It is. Yeah, I mean that with love. Well, thank, I feel loved. <laughs> do you? <laughs> yes, I do, actually. All right. Well, we should probably wrap this one up. Yes. Put a bow on it. 
ship it. Oh, but I wanted to say really quick, if you have mission stories, positive or negative, we want to hear from you. Yeah, we do. Let us know uh, what either your mission experience was like or if someone you're close to had a mission experience. What was that like? Yeah. I want to hear about that. So we are kind of like cataloging these emails as they come in. And just because we haven't talked about yours specifically, we will get to them. Um, For sure. You are not forgotten. No. We are listening. Yes. We get to talking. (laughs) And suddenly an hour has gone by. We're like, oh, time to wrap it up. But we still have them. We we will get to everyone's stuff. So don't feel like, well, they didn't talk about mine, so I'm not going to send any more. Please send more. Yeah. We love getting feedback. And at this point, Shelly does reply to every single text or email. I, I, try, I try so hard. What have you? It might not be the day of. Typically, I try to. It might be a few days, but I, I get to it because it, listeners, you guys super, super interest me. I am always like, Mary, 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 check this out, what oh, so-and-so yeah. said. You're yeah. like, read it. And then we just, we talk about it. So yep. it's, it's fantastic. We sure do. We love the feedback. Yes. Thank you so much. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Appreciate that so much. Mm-hmm. And have a good week, by the way. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to tell people have okay. a good week. Well, yes, have a good week. You yeah. too, Shelly. Have a good week. I think I'll try. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do my best. My best. Are you going to wish me to have a Mary, have a fantastic oh, week. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Okay, I'll give that my best shot. Okay, good. Okay, but until next time, mm-hmm. steer clear of cults because they are no joke. No joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.